They have great identity. They're national brands. You found somebody, haven't you? You wanted a force! Say it! Oklahoma State's not going to change what you do because Oklahoma chose to go to the SEC. They need to change what they do because they're the ones that made their mind up to go to the SEC. What is this? What's happening? What Robert is trying to say is that we are getting a divorce. Don't do this. No. No. I gotta say, I could have called this one. No. Yeah. Is it our fault? Is it because we were bad? Please don't cry like Please don't. All Oklahoma had to do was not go to the SEC. So it is what it is. And in Oklahoma's case, I think they were more of what I would call uh, the reluctant bride. Financially, it's the only responsible thing to do. Uh, bottom line, we carried the league financially. Uh, us in Texas with TV money and whatnot. We accelerated Texas and OU withdrawal, which was a win-win for all parties. It's time for one last countdown and a final ride with the Big 12. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it sucked. We kicking this somebody. Uh, we kicking this thing off. Here we go. Live. From the Palace in Piedmont, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show Top 25 Countdown, brought to you by Carter Jennings Law. Now, with today's team, here's the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. Here we go, countdown time. What is this, uh, day eight of the countdown, I believe. We're hitting 18 today. And as always, we remind you of the teams we've had so far on the countdown. It's fight song time. A week ago Monday, we started it all at 25. Texas Tech, the only Big 12 team on our countdown so far, our 25th ranked team. 24. Gamecocks at 24. Shane Beamer's crew gets North Carolina in week one. 23. It'll be Spencer Rattler versus Drake May in that game. North Carolina came in at 23. That is the, what are the Duke Mayo, Duke's Mayo Bowl something, I don't know. 22. 22. There it is. Texas A&M at 22. always causing problems. Jimbo Fisher and Bobby Petrino sharing the sidelines together this year. Texas A&M, 21. Woo Pig Suey came in at 21. K.J. Jefferson back again for the Razorbacks this year. This week at 20. Mark Stoops and the Kentucky Wildcats came in at number 20. Got to be uh, better on the offensive line this year. And yesterday at 19. Harry Harrison, color analyst of the Ole Miss Rebels, joined us yesterday. We got Ole Miss at 19. Is it going to be Jackson Dart, or will Spencer Sanders beat him out 
in preseason. Whoever it is, they got Quinshawn Judkins at running back for Ole Miss, which brings us to today. The number 18-ranked team in the T-Row in the Morning Show Top 25 College Football Countdown is... My apologies if you're eating breakfast. (laughs) I owe an apology to Longhorn Nation. Texas. Texas at number 18. You say, Toby, that's lower than I see him in most preseason rankings. Yeah, I hate Texas, okay? I don't know if you figured that out or not. Texas at 18. Uh, TJ, have you seen the movie Groundhog Day? I have. I have. Yeah. Uh, Here is the number of losses for Texas since 2010, year by year. Seven, five, four, five, seven, 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 six, four, five, three, seven, five. Even last year, Tej, Texas eight and five. That's what they're coming off of. That has everybody all in a tizzy going into this year, and they lost their best player by far, Bijan Robinson. Now, Texas has some things to be excited about going into this year if you're a Texas fan. Returners. Uh, Obviously, Quinn Ewers back at quarterback. I don't love Quinn. He had some good games and some bad games last year, but it seems like he's going to win the job there. He's got to look over his shoulder at Arch Manning this year. He has a good crop of wide receivers, very good crop of wide receivers, in uh, uh, Xavier Worthy, most notably, Jordan Whittington. Adonai Mitchell came from Georgia and others. They've got one of the best tight ends in the country as well, Jatavian Sanders, who lit up the Sooners last year. And pretty much the entire offensive line is back. Got to find somebody new to tote the rock. Uh, Roshan Johnson also went to the NFL in addition to B. John Robinson. Keelan Robinson may be a candidate there. Jonathan Brooks, we'll see who establishes themselves as the main ball carrier at Texas. Defensively, um, some guys back from last season, they were pretty good at getting pressure on quarterbacks last year. Devondre Sweat and Byron Murphy, Baron Sorrell all back up front. Jalen Ford at linebacker returns this year. A couple of guys on the back end. Uh, feel better about them offensively than defensively going into this year. And still, that being said, they did lose their best player on offense by far. When you look at the schedule going into the season, they open with Rice, then they go to Bama in week two. TJ, are you picking Texas to win that game again this year? Um, I don't know. We'll have to see when we get closer whether I think uh, Texas can pull off the upset or not. But you right now, we to win lead. it last year. Yeah, we're almost right. Last year, I, I felt more confident in that. I, I think uh, I'm leaning Bama right now, but ask me closer to the season. Yeah, I'm leaning Bama by 40 right now. <laughs> right. Then they got Wyoming. They open Big 12 play at Baylor, Kansas at home, OU in Dallas, at Houston, BYU at home, K-State at home, at TCU, at Iowa State, Texas Tech on uh, Black Friday. That game will be in Austin. 
I mean, I look at history, Tej. That's what I look at here. Five to seven losses pretty much every year for the last dozen years for Texas. They're going to lose to Bama. Other losable games this year at Baylor, Kansas, OU, K-State, at TCU, Texas Tech. I mean, they're going to trip up in two or three of those. I think it's an eight and four. I mean, maybe a nine and three year. I, I just, we do this every year. It's Groundhog Day. The whole world gets excited about Texas. We pick them to win the conference. They haven't done that since the Eisenhower administration, TJ. They're going to be the same old Texas. They're going to lose three to five games probably this year. And uh, I got them at 18 in the preseason. It's the best I can do for the Longhorns, Teach. Live to Austin we go, talking Texas with our buddy, voice of the Longhorns, Craig Way. Good morning, Craiger. T-Row, how are you, my friend? I am great. One month from today, the college football season begins, Craig. So I think we're all in a good mood. How's it going down there in uh, in Austin land? Well, now that there are actual football practices, well, I say going on, the first one will go this afternoon. And and that sparked a lot of raised eyebrows. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We've had 54 out of 55 consecutive days with temperatures above 100 degrees, and they're practicing at 2.30 in the afternoon. Well, if you check the schedule, the kickoff of that September 2nd opener against the Rice Owls is at 2.30 in the afternoon. Thank you very much, Fox. So uh, it's a 2.30 kickoff. So sarcasm going at 2.30 this afternoon for the first practice. But there is a great deal of excitement that, that the guys are getting back on the practice field today. What is the buzz going into camp for Texas? What are the big storylines this fall? Well, uh, you know, aside from the obvious, and I'll get to the obvious in a minute, some of, some of the other things are uh, folks are – interested in uh, who steps into running back shoes, and you can't really replace a guy like B. John Robinson, but you can uh, get some contributions from a pretty exciting freshman and C.J. Baxter uh, coming in, and then uh, additionally, uh, Jaden Blue and then Jonathan Brooks, who got uh, key snaps last year. I think that's one of the questions folks are looking at. Uh, can A.D. Mitchell, the transfer from Georgia, play as well as at Texas as he did when he played for Georgia's national championship team the past couple of years. Uh, can they get the, the defensive type of play up front that they think they'll get from guys like Byron Murphy and Baron Sorrell, uh, Sorrell coming off the edge. Anthony Hill is a exciting but freshman linebacker. And uh, can they, you know, can they get that kind of play? And can the depth on the offensive line continue to perform at a well at an area that uh, really served them well? But of course, we know what the number one question is. It's going to be a quarterback. Um, even if you didn't have the quarterback room that Texas has, the quarterback is always the question mark. But Quinn Ewers, uh, coming off a season where he had uh, at times brilliant efforts, like in the first half of the Alabama game before he was injured. He played well in the bowl game, although a lot of the Longhorns did not in their loss uh, in the uh, in the bowl game to Washington. But uh, you know he's he's definitely the starter. But of course, there's Malik Murphy, who's a redshirt freshman, who's a big, strong young man from California, and then the name Manning, obviously with Arch uh, being on the roster. Um, they, you know he's he's going to be learning a lot this year. But Quinn is definitely 
the unquestioned starter of the football team, a quarterback. Doesn't stop all the questions from coming, of course, and the speculation and the excitement, but Quinn is the guy who will get the snaps. If if it doesn't go well in Tuscaloosa and Quinn doesn't play well, Will there? Will it get uncomfortable? Oh, I think it could. I think what will happen is uh, the run-up to the opener against Rice is going to be interesting to watch the development of the two freshmen, the redshirt freshman uh, Murphy. And, uh, it's it, it's going to be uh, interesting to watch how they develop throughout the course of the fall camp workouts. Both uh, had good springs. Uh, but but still a long way to go on that. And Quinn looked really, really good uh, in the spring for them. So, yeah, I, and, and I think also, Toby, you know how it is with uh, with teams like Alabama. They, they were one point away from beating them last year but didn't get it done. And now they have to go to Alabama. So uh, it's the first huge test for them. And, and coming off the Rice game, we'll probably learn very, very little obviously about a lot of the positions, the Alabama game is going to be the first real litmus test, not only for Quinn, but for this football team overall. And then we see where it goes from there. But they have another non-conference game at home after that against Wyoming before they open Big 12 play on the road in Waco at Baylor. And, Toby, as you know, going through this, and as uh, Sooner fans have found out and and understand, this last year in the Big 12 for both Texas and Oklahoma – uh, is is going to be uh, the little ball of hate tour. I mean, when, when you go on, you go on that. We're road, not going to get a single call this year, Craig. Listen, it, it, it didn't happen a lot. A lot of last, you no. know, their longer fans still angry about that game against Oklahoma State, where fifteen penalties were called against Texas and none, zero, <laughs> against the Cowboys in that game. So, yeah, the little ball of hate tour, and they, you know, going for Texas going to places like Waco for the last time. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Fort Worth for the last time, places that have engendered engendered a, a lot of antipathy for years. It's probably just going to accelerate it all. It was a remarkably disciplined effort by Mike Gundy's team that day. Incredible Had to be, right? <laughs> is there any push or is there a Malik Murphy contingent among Longhorn fans at all? Because when you look, a pic- look at a picture of the Texas quarterbacks, you go, that's the guy. Right there. I mean, he he looks the part, but is there any push for him out there? Or is it all Arch and Quinn? Uh, you know, I, I don't even know. I, I know this is going to sound crazy. I don't even know that there's that much a push for Arch. It, it's mainly because word is kind of seeped back through from uh, Arch's parents, uh, Cooper Manning, and then and and then some folks like to think that. You know, Peyton and Eli and, and Archie, uh, the two uncles and the grandfather, are standing there looking over everybody's shoulders, and that's not the case. Uh, they've all been really, really good. But what has been kind of said is the, the family, if if all things are equal and works out okay, it they would prefer if Arch could redshirt. They would like him to learn a little bit more. I mean, that, that word's kind of come down the pike. doesn't mean it's going to happen. And, you know, in this day and age of what's happened with with uh, you know, with the relaxed rules on the red shirting, appearing in the four games and all that stuff, I, I'm certainly not going to say he's not going to see action. He's going to see action. The the issue will be how much and in what games and that sort of thing. Uh, but there there is a lot more of excitement for Quinn 
this year than even going into last year. And there was some excitement last year. And, um, you know, it's amazing what, what, what a haircut and 15 pounds of dropped weight will do for, for a fan's perspective of a quarterback as well. So I think, I think all of that adds into it. But there is excitement about him. And, and as for Malik, everybody saw the video and saw the, uh, the, the photos of, of that quarterback room and how cut they were and worked out. Well, you know, football players are supposed to be in great shape, right? I mean, that's what that yeah. kind of summer and off-season con- off conditioning are all about. So I, I, I think people know he's got skills, and they know he's got a really strong arm, and he had a really good spring. So that's what another element that's going to be fascinating to watch. TJ and I did a segment earlier on the show today. What do we feel best about? What are we most concerned about for OU going into this year position-wise? What position do we feel best about? What position are we most concerned about? I want to ask you the same thing about Texas going into this year. Position you feel best about, position you're most concerned about. Position that I feel the best about is uh, offensive line. It's it's big. It's deep. Uh, it it performed well last year. I think the secondary could also factor in there. Jalen Catalan, the Arkansas transfer, if he you know he was injured the last two years for Arkansas, if he plays at the level he played there when healthy and stays healthy, that makes the secondary very very good. I think the questions would probably come uh, on the defensive front, wanting to make sure that they've got guys who could step in and uh, and for guys who were leaders there on that defensive front who have moved on now and play very well. I think those are that's one question. And then the running back deal. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, there's no replacing uh, B. John Robinson. doesn't mean you can't get really good contributions out of the guys they have in stable, but the old thing about uh, you know potential means you haven't done it yet, that sort of thing. And, and we've seen flashes uh, from Jonathan Brooks. We've seen flashes from Jaden Blue. And, and all we have uh, to look at down here is high school footage of C.J. Baxter, but he was the number one running back recruit in the country last year. So I think uh, there's a great deal of excitement about it, but by the same token, yeah, I would say that would be the biggest question, Mark. What is the um, SEC anticipation now a year away in Austin? You know, you and I, I remember we were talking about this uh, a couple of months ago. It's finally starting to build. Remember when this whole thing came down a couple of years ago, at least from the Texas perspective, a couple of years ago, fans were like, Oh, that'll be nice. Okay, uh, but we've got to get things turned around here. You know, Tom Herman had just been fired, and was like, "What can what can Sark do?" Uh, and he had just come off his first season. So then, you know, the the excitement finally ramped up or uh, into Sark's first season, and then the the uh, excitement finally ramped up a little more. I think over this past year, uh, especially when it became official when they were going to leave. Now. Now that there's a schedule, and you and I have visited about this, now that there's a schedule uh, of what's going to happen, now that Longhorn fans know that next year, instead of Baylor and TCU coming to town, it'll be Georgia and Florida coming to town. And, uh, yes, the rivalry resumed with Texas A&M, and uh, A&M, Oklahoma, and Arkansas all being away from Austin, OU game being what it is, obviously, in Dallas. But uh, the the other two being road games, I think that's where the excitement is starting to generate up a little bit. And I think folks are kind of looking at this last go-around of the Big 12 and say, okay, run it back. Let's go one more time through. And uh, this team is a legitimate contender for the conference title. 
Uh, Texas won the first ever Big 12 title in the in in the very first year of the league, and I think a lot of Longhorn fans hope that they have a chance to contend for what will be their final opportunity to win a Big 12 conference championship. Longhorns open with the Owls of Rice on September 2nd. That'll be an afternoon game at Daryl K. Royal Texas Memorial Stadium. Craig Way, thanks, bud. I'm sure we'll talk again here soon. We appreciate it. Hey, I'm looking forward to it, T. Rowe. It'll be great to see you and, and get ready for this one last ride for, for, for both of us in the Big 12 this year. All right, see you, man. You bet.